0: So, hey guys, are you ready for a word today? Yeah. Yes. So, let's get into it. Let me ask you a question right off the bat. Have you ever wondered why so many people are in debt? Have you, you ever wondered that, like, regardless of your income, so many people are in debt? Have you, have you ever wondered that? As a matter of fact, a recent survey given by Bankrate, they actually tagged this from November of 2020 last year. It said that the consumer debt in the United States is $14.2 trillion. The average person in the United States is over $92,000 in debt. And a lot of us are a lot more than that. But over if you add in your mortgage and everything, over $92,000 in debt... And I just begin to wonder that. Why, why is that? Why is it? And, and I know we can, we can throw out different answers to that. Like some people would say, well, you know, it's like taxes, man. Like, dude, I'm working from January to May for Uncle Sam. Like if the government would get their hand out of my pocket, come on somebody, I can have more and less mess. And, and I get that. I, I hear that. Some people would say, well... Pastor, it's the cost of living. Like, everything's going up. Like, have you been to Walmart lately? Come on, somebody. Food line. Groceries are going up. Gas is going up. Housing is going up. There's like inflation everywhere. Everything's going up but my pay. Come on, somebody. Anybody feeling my pain? So, you know, and I get all of that and I hear all of that. But are you ready for the answer, the the real answer as to why so many people are in debt today? And that is simply this, we spend more than we make. Turn to somebody and say, that's tight. But boy, it sure is right, amen? You know, a recent survey said we spend $1,300 out of every $1,000 that we make. Someone said Americans live on 136% of their income. So what's the solution for all of this? What's the solution to why so many people are in debt? Are you ready for the solution? I'm going to get it. You, you like, need to be taking like nuclear notes right now. This is groundbreaking, earth-shattering stuff. I'm about to give you the answer. Are you ready? Don't spend what you don't have. Amen? That's it. Solution solved. But I mean, you know, it's not that easy. It's not that easy. Why? Because our yearnings tend to exceed our earnings. And let me help you with something. When your outgo exceeds your income, your upkeep becomes your downfall. Boy, I saw you guys like running laps right then. It's all right. Like they are online, they're putting y'all to shame. Let me say that again. When your outgo exceeds your income, your upkeep becomes your downfall. So, so so this is a problem, right? This is a problem. I mean, Proverbs chapter 27, verse 20, talks about this. It says, people. Never stop wanting more than they have. How many of you know that's a true statement? You know, billionaire Howard Hughes was asked one time, how much is enough? His response, just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. The point is, most of the debt that we have has very little to do with our needs and everything to do with our wants. It's that, it's that thing inside of you that you, you look at something and you're like, yeah, I should be satisfied, I should be content, but man, if I could just have that. And so it's like I see it, I want it, and I go after it, and I don't care what it costs me, I want it and I'm going after it. And so that produces in us the topic that we're going to talk about today. As you know, the past couple of weeks, we've been in this series called Breaking Free. And we're really just kind of taking a deep dive, if you will, into the seven deadly sins. And, and what are they? That's, that's pride, gluttony, lust, lazy, or slothfulness. You know, we don't, we don't look at somebody and say, dude, you just slothful. You know, we don't say we're just lazy, uh, wrath, envy. But today, I want to talk to you about greed. Come on, turn to somebody and say, greed. Greed. Let's talk a little bit about greed. So Father, thank you for the opportunity to be here today uh, speaking to our hearts. Help us to hear from you and help us to break free from this thing called greed. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. So what is greed? What is greed? When, When you think about it, well, the dictionary says greed is a strong, selfish desire to have more of something. Like you're not satisfied with what you got. There's this strong selfish desire on the inside of you that wants more of something. It's like the kid that walked into the candy store one day, got no money in his pocket, couldn't afford it, but he walks up to the counter, and the counter, they got these big bowls of just different candies, and he's sitting there, mouth-watering, and he's thinking to himself, if I just had enough money for one piece of candy. If I could just have one piece of candy, I'd be satisfied. It would be so great. And about that time, the store owner walks over there and he sees this young man and he comes up to him. He says, son, can I get you some candy? And the little man looks at him and said, well, sir, I'd love to have some, but I, I don't have any money. So the store owner says, hey, I tell you what, I want to do something for you today. I want you to take your pick on whatever bowl you want. I want you to take your hand and reach it down into the bowl and pull out ever how much candy you've got. And whatever you pull out in your hand, I'm going to give you that. And that little boy immediately lit up like a Christmas tree. Like, man, I can't believe this. This is amazing. It's wonderful. It's great. I get to have all this candy in my hand. So it started with one piece. Now it's talking about in his hand. But immediately that smile turned into a frown. And the store owner couldn't figure it out. And he said, well, son, he said, what what seems to be the problem here? What's wrong? He said, well, could you do me a favor? And the store owner said, absolutely. He said, could you take your hand and put it in that bowl? (laughs) That guy said, well, why is that? He said, because your hand is bigger than my hand. Come on, how many of you know it started with one piece, then it was in his hand, and now he's looking a bigger hand. It's that desire inside of us, the mindset that just says it's never enough. I need a little bit more. And so there's this constant search for more. It's this constant search of, of becoming obsessed with, entangled with, if you will, this thing called greed, this search for more. And it's like we talked about last week, right? It's the wet paint syndrome. You know, you walk past a sign that says, do not touch wet paint. What do you want to do? You want to rub your hand across it. Now, you know if it's wet, it's going to get on your hand. It's going to get on your clothes. You don't care because there's something inside of you that says you just need to touch that. And so it is with this desire inside of us. This thing that's pulling us. And there's this this frustrating war, if you will, going on inside of us between our flesh and our spirit and they're at war with one another. And we're a slave to something. The Apostle Paul talked about this in Romans chapter 7 verse 14 and 15 and then again down in verse 18 he says, I am a slave to sin. For what I want to do I do not do, but what I hate to do. So Paul says, hey, I know I should be doing this, and I really want to do this, but I find myself doing that. And there's this war there. He says, I have a desire to do what's good, but I just can't carry it out. Can anybody relate to that? Anybody relate to that struggle? Like, like you know you should be doing this. You know you should be you know, taking this step, going in this direction. And all of a the sudden there's this, this flesh, this, this desire that rises up in you and it overrides the thing that you know you should be doing. And there's this struggle, there's this war. And so sometimes you find yourself taking ground and then what do you do? You fall right back. You take ground and you fall right back. And so the question is, how do we break free from this cycle? Well, the Apostle Paul goes on and he gives us this information. He said, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me? Like there's some stuff going on inside of me. Who's going to deliver me? Thanks be to God through Jesus. Jesus Christ is the only one... That can deliver me. So listen, the key to breaking free is as easy as A-B-C. Come on, how many of you know we start school tomorrow? A-B-C. It's as easy as A-B-C. Here it is. Here's the first letter. This is the letter A. How do I break free? I've got to acknowledge the root of the problem. I've got to acknowledge the root of the problem. So there's a lot of symptoms out there. One of the symptoms, it could be lust or gluttony or envy or greed. That's that's just a symptom. But the root of the problem... What's the root of the problem? The root of the problem is when you look at that and you realize there's a selfish desire inside of me and I can't, get, I can't get free of this thing on my own. Like I don't have enough power on my own to break free from this thing. So you've got to acknowledge that. Here's the beam. You've got to believe that Christ can set you free. Believe that Christ can set you free. So I've acknowledged the fact that I need a power greater than me to overcome this thing I'm dealing with. And But now, i got to believe in Jesus Christ. And then here's the i I've got to be willing to commit my life to Him. So acknowledge, believe, commit. I've got to come to Christ. I've got to f- confess, open up, resign as the CEO of my life. And listen, when you come to Christ, it's not that you come to God saying, Lord, I messed up. Can you clean it up? Come on, it's not that. It's coming to Him saying, Lord, I fixed, I messed up. But I need you. I'm going to mess up again, and I need you. I need your help. I need power in me that's greater than myself. And when we do that, God releases this incredible power for change inside of us. John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. I don't think this is in your notes. Write this down. John 8, 31 and 32. Jesus says this, If you hold on to my teachings, you are really my disciples. And then you're going to know something. You're going to know the truth. And the truth is going to set you free. So when we talk about truth, what is truth? Truth is a person and his name is Jesus. Truth are the principles in his word. That is truth. When we apply the truth to our lives, then we can break free from these things that hold us. And so what I want to do quickly today is I want to apply the truth of God's word to this thing called greed. And so here's what I want to do. I want to to give you... Three lies today. Three lies that we're being taught in our culture. Three lies that a lot of us are believing. But then we're going to combat those lies with the truth. And let me just say this before we get into it. Here's something I want you to understand. Behind every self-defeating behavior is a self-deceiving lie. Behind every self-defeating behavior is a self-deceiving lie. So you got to ask yourself, what am I believing? So let's look at the three lies that we're being told in our culture. Here's the first one. Having more will make me happy. Having more will make me happy. So it's kind of like, if I just had blank, then I would be happy. I would be satisfied. If I could just have this, if I could just have that, whatever it is, I would be happy. But how many of you know that's just not so? Like if I could have the house, if I could have the bank account, if I could have the car, if I could have this, whatever it is, and it's just not so. Now there's nothing wrong with achieving. There's nothing wrong with having nice things. But the issue comes into play where when you're not content with what you have and you see something you want and you're willing to do whatever it takes to get it. That's where the issue comes in. Because there's this danger in believing that if I had one more thing, I'd be happy. But more is not the source of happiness. I mean, think about it, guys. There's no generation on the face of the planet other than ours that's had the stuff that we've got. Come on. Our houses are full of stuff. Our garages are full of stuff. Our attic is full of Stuff. There's a million dollar industry out there where they will build houses and you pay a rent every month to house your stuff. And so we sit at home with all of our stuff and our garages stuff and attic with stuff and little mobile homes out here with stuff. And what do we do? We watch commercials about more stuff. And we're like, if I just had that, I would be happy. I would be secure. And listen, it's always been this way, right? It's always been this way, but it used to be easier to manage. Because greed used to be easy to control. Because if you run out of money, what do you do? You just stop spending. But nowadays there's plastic money. Come on, anybody got any little plastic money in your wallet? Don't come on, tell the truth, shame the devil. Amen. There you go. That's plastic money. And what is that plastic? That plastic money's like the Energizer Bunny, man. You could just keep swiping and swiping and swiping. But how many of you know there's a payday someday? Amen? That thing is going to have to be paid for. Here's the reality. The credit card debt in America is right at $4 billion. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever made a big-time mistake regarding money? Come on. You know what that makes you? Come on, over 12. Amen. That's just what it makes you. Some of us have a Ph.D. in D-U-M-B when it comes to money. But it's kind of like the little girl. She was in school, and she was talking to the teacher, and she said, my mom is only happy when she's spending money. All the men in the house, don't say a word. Amen. My mom is only happy when she's spending money. Money. And here's what she said. She used to go shopping every day. The teacher said, oh, well, what happened? Oh, she got her card stolen. Girl, that is so sad. Did your dad report that? No, he didn't report it. Why? Because he said the thieves spent a lot less than she does. <laughs> so we bought into this lie that says having more will make you more happy. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 10 and 11 Says, he who loves money shall never have enough. The foolishness of thinking that wealth brings happiness. The more you have, the more you spend. And listen, I know, how, you know that, that more can bring happiness for a little bit, right? So you get that, that new car or, girl, you get that new dress. Come on, guys. You get that promotion. Christmas time. Kids breaking open boxes. I mean, it's like the shiny penny syndrome. Everybody's happy. Everybody's glad. But if your kids are like my kids, two hours later, they playing with the same old toys they had three years. Come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about? Happiness, it cannot be found in more. So that's the lie that we've believed. Having more will make me happy. Here's the second lie we've believed. Having more will make me more important. More important. Like, like if, if I could have a little bit more, if, if, if I could get on the right list, if I can have a seat at the table, then people will notice me. And how many of you agree we all like to be liked? We like to be accepted. I mean, nobody likes to be an outcast. You know, nobody. So we want to be liked. We want to be accepted. But if you're not careful, this lie sneaks up on you. And it's like the Joneses are accepted because they got more. So I need to go out and get more myself so that people will notice me. People will talk talk about me. And we've bought into this lie. Luke chapter 12 verse 15 says this. Be on your what? Your guard. Be on your guard against greed in any shape or form. For a man's real life in no way depends on the number of his possessions. Can I tell you something today? Never confuse your net worth with your self-worth. Never confuse your net worth with your self-worth. Your value is not based on your valuables. And you got to be on guard against that. And you got to ask yourself some tough questions like, Am I getting my happiness? Am I getting my importance from, from things, from accomplishments? Because if so, you've bought into the lies. Here's the third lie we've bought into. Having more will make me more secure. Like if I could just get that raise, if I could just get that number in my bank account, I'd be rich. Come on, anybody else said that? Can I ask you something? Where's the rich line? Like, do you wake up on the 15th of the month and say, Yes! Praise God! I finally made it. I'm rich. Where's the rich line? Like, is there a line? A recent survey they did, they, they looked at people with a combined total income of $33,000 and they asked these individuals, they said, What would it take for you to feel rich? You know what they said? Oh man, if we made seventy grand t- combined total, if we just made $70,000, we would be there. So they went to the people that made 70 and they said, Hey, do you consider yourself rich? Oh, no, man, we just paycheck to paycheck. Okay, what will it take for you to be rich? If we, if we could just make $100,000, we would be there. So they went to the people that made 100 and they asked them, You know what they said? If we could just make 200. If we made 200, we'd be there. So they finally went to the people that made 200. You know what them jokers said? They didn't just go to three, they said, Dude, if we can make a million. We'd be rich. Amen. How many of you know there's a false line there? The reality is this: if you make 33,000 dollars or more a year, you are in the top one percent of the wealthiest people in the world. Turn to somebody and say, "You're a one percenter man." Hallelujah. That's your encouragement today in the house. You're rich. But it's that that lie, right? If if I could just have more, it'll make me more secure. I can stop worrying. But the fact is, the more you have, the more you have to worry about. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 28. I love this scripture. Those who depend on their wealth will fall like the leaves of autumn. Come on, somebody. Anybody ready for the leaves to fall other than me? Proverbs 18, 11, The rich man thinks of his wealth as an impregnable defense, a high wall of safety. Watch this. What a dreamer. What a dreamer. How many of you know you can lose everything overnight? Through an illness, through unemployment, through a hurricane, a fire, a storm, something like that. And listen, I'm not trying to make you nervous about what you have. But what I am trying to do is encourage you to put your security in something that can't be taken away. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 9 says, But people who long to be rich, they fall into temptation. And they're what? They're trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. This is a coconut. Represents a coconut. You know how they catch monkeys in the forest? They take a coconut... I know it's weird, but it's spiritual. Amen, we're getting somewhere. (laughs) Just tell somebody he's going somewhere, I hope. Amen. Joking on put out a coconut on stage. But anyway, how do they catch monkeys? They tuck and cut a hole in the end of the coconut. They dump out the insides, and they put fruit in it. They tie the coconut to a tree so that it can't be taken away, and that monkey will come by, and that hole is just big enough for that monkey to slide his hand in like that. And he grabs that fruit. What do you do when you grab something? When he closes his fist, he can't get it out. All he's got to do is turn it loose and turn it over. But the greed in him won't allow him to do it. And he holds on to it. And he's struggling. And the trapper just comes by. Poop, knocks him in the head and takes him on. Can I ask you something today? Wash your coconut. Wash your coconut. What is it that you are holding on to so strong and it's got you trapped, it's got you entangled and you are a slave to something because you refuse to just let it go when all you got to do is open your hand and pull it out and you can be free, but you're not willing to do it because there's a selfish desire inside of you that's set in and you just want it and you got to have it and you're struggling trying to get out but you'll never get out Until you open your hand, what is your coconut? What is it for you? Where are you at today? Because how many of you know money will make you do some crazy stuff? There's a story recently of a guy who won the lottery. He won $20 million in the lottery. Come on, turn to somebody and say, Lucky Joker. $20 million. Watch this. He called his wife up. He said, Honey... I just won the lottery. I won $20 million. He said, girlfriend, go ahead and pack your bags. And she's all excited. She's like, oh, my God, I just can't believe it. This is so amazing. She said, do I need to pack for warm weather or cold weather? My brother said, girl, I don't care long as you're gone when I get home. (laughs) Turn to somebody and say, he ain't right. He ain't right. Money will make you do crazy things. I've seen so many people's lives ruined because of that lie. The lie of more. More will make me important. More will make me secure. More will make me happy. These are all lies that our culture is feeding into us. But we've got to combat the lies with what? The truth, because what does the truth do? It sets you free. So let me give you three truths to combat the three lies we just talked about. Truth number one, I find my happiness in helping others. Not things, not titles, not bank accounts, but helping other people. Matthew chapter 5 verse 7. What's that first word? Happy. Happy are those who are merciful to others. Why? Because God will be merciful to them. Acts chapter 20 verse 35 Jesus said this there is more happiness in giving than receiving. And listen the only people that don't believe this are the people that's never tried it. Because I know people right now that's really in driving distance of this church and they're sitting there with stuff all around them. They're sitting there with all the money in the bank account and all the stuff and they're the most miserable people I know. Why? Because first excuse me second Timothy chapter 3 Verse 1 and 2 says this, Hey, in the last days, in the last days, perk your eyes up, perk your ears up, it's going to be very difficult to be a Christian. Why? Because people will love only themselves. There's that desire there. There's that selfish desire for more of this and more of that. And it's all about me. And how many of you know, we all know the principle is true. That if I give my life to Christ, if I can just, listen, if I can just open my hand, I'd be free. If I could just give everything I have to Jesus and trust Him. We know that principle is true. But we have a hard time living by it because so many people in our culture are living opposite to that. And we'll get caught up into that trap. And so you understand that the key to satisfaction, the key to happiness is not in possessions. It's not in a position. It's not in power. It's not in focusing on yourself at all. It's it's coming to Jesus and finding out who you are in Him and doing what He's equipped and called you to do. That's where the happiness is. The most bored people in all of the world have it all and have done it all. But real happiness doesn't depend, again, on possessions, uh, position, power, titles. Real happiness comes when you help other people. When you put people above yourself. Here's the second truth, and that is I find my self-worth in what God says about me. Not in what people say, but what in God says. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 4, watch what God says. You are precious and honored in my sight. Some of you need to write that down. You need to put it on your mirror. You need to post it everywhere. That's what God says about you. Let me give you another one. Here's another one you need to write down. Are you ready? Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. For we are God's workmanship. Workmanship. The, the word workmanship in the Greek there means work of art. Turn to somebody and say, Girl, you are a work of art. Yeah, we're preaching on conceited next week. Amen. So anyway... Like I am a God's work of art. And so here's what happens. When you don't feel good about yourself, what do you do? You start propping yourself up with false things. Well, if this person says this about me, Oh man, I feel good. If I could just have this, I I can feel good. But, But that's a lie. Because you've got to get to the place where you realize who God is and who He's called you to be and what He says about you. And in that moment, you don't need any artificial props. You got everything you need. Matthew chapter 6, verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. Your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Turn to somebody and say, I'm better than a bird. Amen? Are you not more valuable than they? And the answer to that is obvious. Yes. How do I know that? Romans 5, 8. But God shows His great love for us in this way. Christ died for us. While we were still sinners. If you ever doubt how important you are. If you ever doubt the love that God had for you. And has for you. All you need to do. Is look at the cross. That's all you need to do. Because when you do that. That's when you begin to understand who you really are. And you feel that love wash over you. And then you start finding happiness in helping other people. You start finding that self-worth in what God says about you. And what He's called you to do. And what He's made you for. And then you can be set free from all of the expectations of other people. So here's the third truth. I find my security in what? Trusting God. I find my security... In trusting God. That's where I find it at. Basically trusting in Him. Trusting in His promises. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5. Keep your lives free from the love of what? Money. And be what? No, no. I need to get that in your spirit. Be content. Say it online. Be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. If you just keep yourself from buying into these lies, these lies... That says, you know what, you got to have more of this and more of that and then you can have happiness. No, you find happiness from helping others rather than yourself. You learn self. You learn to get self-worth from what God says about you rather than what you perceive somebody has said about you. And you put your trust in a God that loves you and that love cannot be taken away from you. Matthew 6, 19 and 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth, where moths and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves, man, they can't break in and steal it. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Guys, I'm not saying that you don't need to save for retirement and save for a rainy day. You need to do that. But don't allow your heart to become attached to those things. Hebrews didn't say, didn't say that money is the root of evil. It said the love of money. Why? Because we're, we're called to love God, love people, and use money. But when you flip that thing, you'll start loving money, using God, and using people. And so God says, hey, you, when you understand this, the love that I have for you, the care that I give you, Always watching over you. Listen, that can't be taken away. It can't. And so guys, hear my heart today. If if you're trying to find that happiness and looking for more, like if I could just have one more thing, if I could just have a little more self-esteem, if I could just have that sense of security, that is a lie that you have fed into. And you've believed. You're like a monkey. Come on. Let's just be real. you got your hand caught. Some of you, I know, you're going home right now and say, you ain't going to believe what the pastor called me today. Listen, you you are. You've got your hand caught. You've got your fist closed. And you're trying to pull it out. But that thing has you enslaved. It's got you entangled. Guys, all you got to do is open your hand. Open your hand. And you say, well, pastor, man, I don't don't deal with that. I'm I'm good. Man, that's not me. And man, praise God. if, If that's the case with you, man, I'm thankful for that. But remember the scripture. Be on guard. Be on guard. Because at a moment's notice, we can fall into those lies. We can fall into the deception. And we can, too, be trapped. By this thing called greed. Is it a sin? Absolutely. It's something we need to be broken free from. To find everything that I need. In Jesus Christ. My little man Caleb. Was riding with me. This morning. And I try every chance I get. man, I try to pour into my kids. Because I know that. That this world is is rough. And I know there's gonna be, you know, name calling. I know there's I know there's gonna be. I know it. Some of your kids are bad. Amen. I, I just know it. I'm messing with you. <laughs> no, I'm not, because y'all know. But I, I just know that stuff is out there. I know And he's gonna he's going into middle school tomorrow. Come on, he, he was in middle school last year. Now he's in the seventh grade. His chest is kind of poking out a little bit more. I'm like, brother, by the time you're a singer, you're gonna be way out here. But you know, but but I get that. Because we've been there before, too. I keep trying to tell him, dude, everybody's weird in middle school. Don't worry about it. It's gonna be all right. But every chance I get, I'm I'm pouring into him. I'm saying, man, you know God loves you. You know God cares about you. Man, you know, listen, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. All you need to do, hear me, I feel like somebody needs to hear this right now. Because I really, I I just kind of felt that in my heart when I hit that. I feel like for some of you, whether you're here or online, I feel like you have allowed people's words to determine where you are right now. And it has hurt. It hurts, right? It, It hurts. When people say hurtful things about you. When people put you down. Can I just help you with something? Turn to Ephesians 2. Just read Ephesians. Read Ephesians chapter 1 and chapter 2. Just just read that. And let that word just soak into your heart. You're chosen. You're special. Man, just keep reading. You're you're, you're not just a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. That's in another scripture. You, You find all of this stuff in God's word. But if you're not willing to open that word up and allow truth to get in, you'll never be set free. You'll always be holding your hand tight trying to get out of a trap. But if you can allow the truth of God's Word and allow Him to come in and take up residence in your life, then hey, listen, does it hurt when somebody says something bad about you? Absolutely. But that doesn't have to define you. It doesn't define who you are. And that's what we try to pour into our kids. I trust you do the same thing because we're sending them out. Why did we take a moment to pray over our kids this morning? Because we're sending them out literally in a battlefield. That's where they're going. Thank God for our teachers. Thank God for the staff. Thank God for all that. But there is an enemy that's lurking around every corner. Trying to destroy them. Trying to to get them and tear them down. But there is a God that loves you beyond anything you could dream or even imagine. And he wants to pour into you truth. The truth is you're special. The truth is you're loved. The truth is you are enough with Him. I don't have to do anything else. I'm enough with Jesus. That's it. With Jesus I have everything I need. Missy and I were in Tennessee a couple weeks ago. We was speaking there at a church planter's conference Man, they were working her as hard as they were working me. And it's funny because every one of those guys would walk by and they'd look at me and they'd look at Misty. They'd look back at me and they'd look at Misty and say, how in the world? And I just look at them and say, both favor ain't fair. I don't know how to answer that. Amen, it just ain't fair. But none of that bothers me. And I know they're messing, but it doesn't bother me. Because I know who I am in Christ. Do you know who you are in Jesus Christ? Stand with me all over the house. Have you bought into the lie? That lie that says, if I could just have one more thing, I'd be happy. A lie that sneaks up on you and says, hey, if I could just get at that position, that place, man, I'd I'd, I'd have I'd have security, right? I'd I'd, I'd have that self worth in me. If I if I could just get, man, if I could just cross that line financially, I'd I'd be in the rich crowd, and I'd and I'd have that, and i I'd, I'd feel secure, I'd feel comfortable. Guys, all of that is lies. We're constantly chasing lies. Remember what I told you. Behind every self deceptive behavior is a self deceiving lie. The only way to break free is to come to Jesus. So, bow your heads with me all over the house. Father, thank you for moments like this. Thank you for the privilege. Thank you for the opportunity to come into your house today, to hear from you, Lord. Thank you. Lord, this this is a tender subject, and, and I get it. Does this affect everyone? I don't know. But, Father, You do. And so, Lord, we just bring everything we have to You. Help us, Father, to not fall into that deception. To not fall into those lies, that lie of more. God, help us to be on guard against that. Help us to follow you. Help us to serve you. Help us to worship you. Help us, Lord, to just give you everything we've got on a daily basis. Would you keep your heads bowed with me all over the house? Maybe you're in here today and God has been speaking to your heart and you say, Pastor, man, I've bought in to one of those lives, maybe all three, I don't know. Would you pray for me? If that's you, could you just slip a hand real quick? Say, Pastor, just pray for me. i just seize the hand, seize the hand. Bought into the lie. Seize the hand, seize the hand. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, Father, right now, Lord, we pray that these lies will be broken from our lives. God, we pray right now that we would dive into your word and dive into a relationship with you. We would surround ourselves, Lord, with people that love us, people who can encourage us, people, Lord, that want to lift us up. God, help help us, Father. Help us. Forgive us of our sins. We don't want to be a slave to greed. We don't want to be a slave to sin. We want to be free. God, help us today. In Jesus' name. Maybe you're in the house today and you just kind of slipped in today. You say, Pastor, man, I, man, I'm not only just dealing with this one, I'm dealing with all of them, like all seven. So what's the starting point? Again, remember ABC. It's acknowledging the root of that problem. It's, it's believing that Jesus Christ is the answer to what you're dealing with, and is committing your life to Him. So if you're in here today, and you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ, now is your moment. Come on, pray with me, guys. Pray with me. Now is your moment. If you're watching online, now is your moment. Pastor, pray with me. I'm ready to go all in. Could you just slip a hand real quick and put it down? Slip a hand real quick and put it down. I'm ready to go all in. If that's you online, do me a favor. Right there in the chat box, just say, Pastor, I'm going all in. I'm ready to go all in. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for moments like this. Thank you for the freedom that we have. Thank you, Lord, for protecting us and watching over us. Thank you for the men and women who on a daily basis, Lord, are fighting this battle, fighting this war so that we can do what we're doing. God, thank you for those who have answered the call. Thank you for the heroes that we have all around us, God, in our schools, in our hospitals, in our fire departments, our police departments. God, thank you for those frontline workers. Thank you, God, for them as they give of themselves sacrificially on a daily basis. God, may we never forget your goodness and your blessings on our lives. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Amen. Come on, give God a big hand clap of praise all over the house.